Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. I don't know if you had the chance to watch or not, but this past Sunday, Oprah Winfrey did an interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and the response has been amazing. Everybody in our country was talking about it, uh, got huge attention in the United Kingdom. A friend of mine who watched it said he began with kind of a preconceived idea of who the good guys and the bad guys were, and then was just struck by how complicated the situation was, how complicated families are, how complicated people are. I was thinking as this all unfolded about those four great questions that every person, every worldview has to wrestle with. What is real? What is the good life? Who is a good person? And how do you become a good person? And I was thinking, if there's anybody that seems like they've got the ticket to the good life, it would have to be to be part of the royal family. Wealth, fame, status, power, beauty, I mean, it's good to be king, to live in a palace. And almost all of us would think, if I had what they have, man, would I be happy. And yet, there is so much pain and complexity in that story. And what's really interesting is the pain is not primarily around, how do I get the good life? The pain is all around, who is a good person? Or what do I do if I find myself in a relationship with somebody that I think is not a good person? Or how do I handle it when other people who ought to be close to me and love me believe me not to be a good person? Who might be a bully? Who might be a racist? Who might be cold and withdrawn? Who might be disloyal to the family? Who might not be following the pathway to service? Who might not be telling the truth? Who might have been unfaithful? And as we watch that and we think about the complexities of the family, it might be tempting to think, well, man, uh, if I was there, I would know what road to take. I would know how to behave myself well. But let me ask, how's your little kingdom going? How's my little kingdom going? The pain of uh, brokenness in a family and conversations about that is a very intense thing. And it is beyond any human capacity to put it together. How do I become a good person? How do I know if I am? And so we have to ask, uh, where can I go to get help on this? And there is no human kingdom that's able to put us back together again. Nobody is powerful enough. There used to be an old expression, there will always be in England. But you know what? There will not always be in England. There not always was in England. There is only one kingdom. There is only one king who has the power to be able to put our little kingdoms back together. And we're journeying towards him. We need him. I can't. Now, I am part of a royal family. That's part of why we are so taken with uh, not just the idea of a royal family, but expressions of leadership, presidents or prime ministers or CEOs, because we were all made to exercise dominion. Now, that's king language. And in the book of Revelation, it says, one day the redeemed will sit on their thrones. And the idea is it's not about furniture. We will be strong and creative in the service of the good. We were all made for that. But we have all fallen far short. We all have brokenness and sin and character defects. We are part of the fellowship of the withered hand. So I can't, but God can. I think I'll let him. 
I ask him to help me get a good look at myself because it's so hard to see me. And the way other people see me, the way I see myself is so complicated. And then I bring whatever God enables me to see about myself, my character defects to a good friend, a trusted friend. And I confess to God myself and another person the exact nature of my wrongs. And then that brings us to this next step now. I become entirely ready to ask God to remove those defects of character, to begin to heal my broken kingdom. And what I want to look at in the few moments remaining in our time together today is that phrase, entirely ready, because there is a world of difference between being almost ready, kind of ready, pretty ready, maybe ready, and entirely, without reservations, with my whole heart ready for God to change me, to make me into the person that he wants me to be. Probably the most famous Christian after the early church up until now was a man named Augustine. He lived 16 or 1700 years ago. And his most famous prayer is an expression of this uh, almost ready quality. Augustine says that in his earlier life, he was in love with love and uh, sexual attraction, sexual pleasure. What he came to understand is mismanaged sexuality was a deep part of his life that he just didn't want to give up. And he has this very strong encounter with Jesus and he becomes a brilliant follower of Jesus, but he's not ready to let go of what he knows he needs to let go of. And so this was his prayer. Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. I got a little more sin in me. I got a couple of more side paths I would like to wander down first. So I do want chastity. I want sexual purity. I want your will to reign in my life, but not yet. Maybe tomorrow. And man, this prayer is in me all over the place. God, make me generous. But not yet. I got some stuff I want to acquire. I got some money I'd like to hang on to. I'd like some security, security that I would like to be sure of first. So I want to get there, but... There's part of me that's rowing in the other direction today. God, make me grateful, but not yet. I got some whining I want to do today. God, make me patient, but not yet. There are some drivers I need to yell at today. God, give me humility, but not yet. There's a little self-promotion that I really need to do today. And so we carry with us this sense of dividedness. Uh, we're not just divided from other people. Our kingdoms aren't just broken in families. They're broken within ourselves. I have values. I have goals. I have a conscience that tells me who I want to be. And yet, I'm not ready to go there today. God, do this in my life, but not yet. And it's a miserable way to live. The book of James describes people being uh, double-minded. And the metaphor that's used there is we're like a wave on the sea in the wind, driven forward one moment and backward the next. God, give me this, make me this, but not yet. Or in a very uh, poignant statement, there's a king, Amaziah, in Israel, and it says in the book of Second Chronicles that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with his whole heart. And we all know what this experience is like. I'm a parent and I want to be a good parent. I want to be the kind of spontaneous, fun parent that makes memories with my children. But I'm exhausted. And I just want to get some rest. So my child says, Daddy, I got to stay up tonight. You said we could watch a movie together. And I do want to be that parent, but I don't because I want him to go to bed. So, okay, we will watch Bambi and we're watching Bambi, but I don't want to be. And then, of course, comes that horrible moment when Bambi's mother dies. Heard somebody talking about this not long ago. And all of a sudden, the child is just 
in, in agony. Oh, Dad, why? Why does Bambi's mommy have to die? I will tell you why. It's because Bambi did not go to bed on time. Bambi would have gone to bed on time. Bambi's mom would have been safe and they'd all be alive today. God, make me a great parent. Uh, help me to create magical, wonderful moments with my child, but not yet because I'm just exhausted. Now, the alternative to this is to live with a whole heart. This is from Psalm 119. This is the cry of the psalmist. God, let me seek you with a whole heart. But the promise that God makes through Jeremiah, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart, wholeheartedness. Now here's part of what's amazing about our wills as we learn to surrender to God. Of course, I cannot make me desire something just by willpower. I can't make myself desire sexual purity or desire to be generous or so. All creatures have desires, but only human beings can desire to have different desires. Only human beings made in the image of God can desire to have different desires. I don't desire to be generous from one moment to the next yet, but God, I want to desire that. I don't yet desire sexual purity. I don't yet desire forgiveness and grace. I don't yet desire to be patient from one moment to the next, but God, uh, I surrender to you and I ask you to give me those desires, to give me better desires. So the word for today is wholehearted. Live a wholehearted life with God. And when those times come up, when your prayer is the but not yet prayer, just pause for a moment. And uh, you might think about prayer like this. The divided life, the divided prayer looks kind of like this. There's part of me that's saying, yes, God, come, I surrender, have your way. And part of me that's going like this. Nope, don't think so. Stay back. That's the divided, that's the divided prayer. That's the uh, divided heart. So instead today, the prayer is like this. God, would you take away those defects that keep me from wholehearted life with you? Today, as you walk through the day, walk through it asking God for a whole heart. Let's do that right now. You might want to just do this with your hands. Just lift them both towards God. God, you know the dividedness in my heart. You know how often I want you and yet I resist you. So as best I can right now, I surrender all resistance. Your will, not mine, be done. God, let me live a wholehearted life today. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow.